truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give to the need, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your given may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. This is the word of the Lord. I feel privileged to be serving in pastoral ministry all my adult life. As you know, the main function of a pastor is to speak God's truth, teach it, exemplify it, illuminate everything that God has decided to reveal for his people, for his flock. Therefore, at different times, I was a bearer of a great news of joy, and at the other times, a bearer of deep sadness, like to inform a family of a tragic suicide of their mother, who was struggling with depression, and also to share with a husband at a request of the repented wife that she shitted him for over then one year. So pastoral ministry brings challenges and hard time. Faithful pastors generally speak about uncomfortable subjects almost every day. So this initial reflection is connected to our series of messages on the love of God. Last week, we showed as the agape love has pure motivation has many qualities that we should display as God's flocks or God's flock and also lasting durability. Today we will explore one of the most obvious ways to discover what we really love. What we love is revealed in how we spend our money. As Jesus said, for where your treasure is, there your heart will, there your heart will be also. We have many examples, bad examples of death, extortion, and manipulation that we see on TV and also on internet from false pastors, priests, and other religious leaders. This subject about money is woefully underpreached among serious Christians, Christian communities. And the second reason that we difficult, difficultly share on this is because after the fall of Adam, the avariacy takes place in man's heart. Materialism has always been a problem among human beings. But all these scriptures bring guidelines from the Lord for his people in every single area. But when it comes to money and possessions, the Bible is sometimes redundant, often extreme and occasionally shocking. It may maybe make us feel guilty, but the will of God is exactly the opposite. Our Lord wants to pour out 
on our lives, all the spiritual blessings, when we exercise our love for Him and for neighbors through godly dealing with our possessions. However, beloved church, we are prone to not asking, about, uh, asking to the Lord about this stuff. Rand Alcorn well states the reasoning of many Christians when he says that we come to the Bible for comfort, not financial instruction. If we want to know about money, we're more apt to pick up the Wall Street Journal or Fortunes or Forbes. Scripture should concern itself with what is spiritual or heavenly. Money is physical and earthly. How could the Bible's author and editor justify devotioning twice as many verses to money than to faith and prayer combined? We have around 2,350 verses. Speaking about money in the Bible. How could Jesus say more about money than about both heaven and hell combined? Didn't he know what was really important? This is the reason why we're going to observe the relationship between agape love and our material goods. The human being is naturally materially oriented. We are inclined to want, acquire, and protect things. In developing cultures, like in the culture that we live in, this reality is even stronger. And when we look back to the religions people in Jesus' day, they were extremely concerned about possessions. The Pharisees loved too much money and what they had, what they had. And we observe that false doctrines lead to false standards and incorrect standards distort values. Hypocritical religions, religion always seems to be compatible with greed and immorality. As they had a wrong view about God, they had a, a wrong view about themselves. They had a, a wrong view about the possessions and their relationship with money. But what does the Bible tell us about contribution? Not just to the church, but to the needs. On this topic, we find a lot of discussion about what is the right way that we should give and the right way that we should expose our money through what we have. As a law giver, does God leave us free will to determine how we will contribute or does he specify an amount? Many Christians argue that the practice of tithing was a reality to the nation of Israel back in the Old Testament. But as we're going to share, we can clearly seen in the scripture that God established principle how we should worship him, serve him, and love him through what we have also before the Mosaic law. Early in the history of humanity, God made known that uh, the right portion that the saints in come 
should be devoted to him who is the giver of all. There was a period of 25 centuries between Adam and Moses. And during that time, clearly, when we studied the book of Genesis, we observed God guiding his people, how they should worship, how they should treat their family, and also how they should give. One Bible verse make this clear, Genesis 18, 19. For I have chosen him, the Lord is talking to Abraham, for I have chosen him that he should command his children and to their descendants to keep in the way of the Lord, doing what is just and right, so that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he promised him. The Lord gave guidance in every single area. And we could see Abraham and also Jacob tithing to the Lord. But when the Lord gave his law to Moses, this biblical principle was even clearly. As we find in Leviticus chapter 27, verses 30 to 32, every type of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the trees, is the Lord's. It is holy to the Lord. And every type of the herds and flocks, every tenth animal of all that pass under the herdsman's staff shall be holy to the Lord. Note, twice repeated expression about which was holy to the Lord, set apart. There is God reserved for himself as his exclusive right as his own. One tenth of what he has given to us is holy. That is, it was set apart and sacred, but it is not ours to do with as we please. When we move forward... We observe the Lord established tithing with three different purposes among his people. First, the tithing should provide for festival among the people of Israel. Deuteronomy chapter 12 verse 17. You may not eat within your towns the tithe of your grain or of your wine or of your oil or the firstborn of your herd, or of your flock, or any of your vow offerings that you vow, or your free will offerings on the contribution that you present. But you shall eat them before the Lord your God in the place that the Lord your God will choose. Gathering together as God's people to celebrate was a very important moment. And they should set apart a portion to celebrate as church. But not just for that. It should, the tithing should support the priestly family, orphans, widows, and the poor. And the Lord guided his people in Deuteronomy chapter 14 verse 28. When he said, at the end of every three years, you shall bring out all the type of your produce in the same year and lay it up within your towns. 
and the Levite, because he has no portion or inheritance with you, and the sojourner, the fatherless, and the widow who are within your towns, shall come and eat and be filled, that the Lord your God may bless you in all the work of your hands that you do. From these, beloved church, know that the support of the priestly family, the widows, the fatherless, was not left on the whims of the people or the way they felt they ought to give. People generally say, oh, I'm feeling in my heart that I should do this or that. It's not related first with feeling, but with a command that the Lord established the right amount. His people, in a godly way to display love, should set apart an amount and support the priestly family, support the widow, the fatherless, and the poor. Only God has the right to say how much of our income should be set aside and set apart for Him. And so He said clearly and repeatedly in the Old Testament how His people should love Him in this way and show this love. And there is nothing in the New Testament that introduces any alteration for people who question as we should do or not or if we should tithe or not in the New Testament. And Christ put his approval and set this principle on tithing when he rebukes the Pharisees in Matthew 23. He says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you tithe meat and dew and cumin and have neglected the weightier Matters of the law, justice and mercy and faithfulness. These you ought to have done without neglecting the others. So observe that in this verse, Christ is rebuking the scribes and Pharisees because of their hypocrisy. They had been very strict in typing every herb. And they were proud of themselves because they, they were faithful in tithing. But they were neglecting the most important principle that it was show mercy, care, and love for the poor and the widow. So what the Lord is doing here is not condemning, condemning tithing. He's just showing the heavier uh, obligation to be merciful and to take care of the need. But he approves tithing when he says you should do this tithing without neglecting the most important. What is take care of the need. So some practical considerations. We need to sincerely reflect on what kind of relationship we have with our money. We should ask to ourselves, do we have money or does the money have us? This is a very serious reflection. Think of all the joys we felt in giving gifts to our children or grandchildren. 
Sometimes we spend our last penny to give something to them. And our reward is the joy we can see on their faces. In Brazil, there are some simple families who buy gifts in 10 installments on the card. 10 installments. So, when they finish to pay one gift, they are about to get in debt again to buy another gift. But that's okay for them. They are glad to bless their family. As God's children, we should have the same joy and use, and use our possessions to support the church, the Lord put us. All those beautiful works are fruits of the sacrifice of the saints when we give our time, as I saw many leaders and elders doing with love and passion during this week, when we give our gifts. I just saw some people and elders with abilities that I never imagined. And also when we share our possessions, make it possible. We should have the same joy in supporting like we saw the backpacks and the kids gladly giving part of the year. small money to support those kids in need. Reflecting on money, religious leaders should live with dignity. They are supported by their congregation. Their congregations. But as church leaders, we... Hi, Pastor Dan and all the other pastors. We should never live a life where our mission is diluted by luxury or exorbitant expenses. It doesn't matter how rich our church is. We as pastors must model a modest and generous life. But when we come back to what Jesus said, he's saying in chapter 6, we observe that our tithes, offerings, and private charity must have the main motivation to honor God as agape love is pure. In Jewish tradition, this principle had been completely distorted for they declared to the, in the apocryphal book of Tobias, quote, it is better to give to charity than to store up gold. For charity will save a man from death and will atone for any sin. You will note that this book is not in your Bible, but this was one very common thought that through our giving, we can buy forgiveness. The same unbiblical principle we seen in the traditional teaching of Roman Catholicism. Pope Leo the Great declared, quote, by prayer, we appease God, by fasting, we extinguish the lust of the flesh, and by charitable offerings, we redeem our sins, our sins. What a lie. This comment is unbiblical. The death of Christ on the cross is the only act on the earth able to redeem sin. There's no money, no donation, nothing that we can do that will bring forgiveness 
for us. Only the blood of Jesus Christ. But the scribes and Pharisees, they thought that through their generous giving and tithing, they could buy the favor of God. We receive our the cleansing of our sins by believing the salvific work of Christ and accepting His Lordship in our lives. Just as wishing well to those in need doesn't help anything, giving offering to the need with bad motives and motivations is not pleasing to God. As Jesus is rebuking the Pharisees, when he said, Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. As we said last week, our motives that we exercise agape love using our possessions is extremely important. Our motives that we use our gifts and talents is extremely important. Our motivations when we use part of our time to serve God's kingdom is extremely important. Because when we want applause from men, we won't receive any reward from the Lord. But observe that Jesus twice says, in those verses, when you give to the need. It's not if you give to the need. As a free will act, not at all. There is an established principle that we should exercise love through what we have. And we should, as the children of God, be obedient and use part of our income with a generous heart to display the love of God, but always praying for the right motivation and observing when we give what we wait, not just from the other people, but what we say to ourselves. As the scribes and Pharisees, they praised themselves. And many people, when they do charity, they think, what a good fellow I am. How generous I am. If we do that, we won't receive any reward from the Lord. But if we love with God's love, knowing that everything that we are and have comes from Him, and we are just managing and trying to do that with faithfulness, we will feel a supernatural joy. Some last practical considerations. It is not necessarily wrong to share with some people something that God has done through you. Or even tithing or charity. As the Lord said, what your left hand does, your right hand should not see. Of course, he is speaking in a symbolic way, showing that we should have description. But sometimes when we share, as our leaders did here, 
We can encourage other people and motivate other people to use their time, money, and use their gifts to do the same. What we need to do is always watch the motivation of our hearts. So sometimes when the Lord guides us, we should, yes, share. But always observe your heart. Our hearts are deceitful. Let us test the invisible joy of the Holy Spirit in our hearts through free serving to anyone in need and also through our resources. Next week, I'm going to share a little bit more about the rewards that Jesus promises in this passage. If we exercise obedience through our possessions with wrong motives, we won't receive the reward from the Lord. But if we do in the right way, what are the rewards the Lord has for us? Nothing related with the false prosperity gospel, but for sure there are many special blessings the Lord will display and give to his people through our faithfulness in loving people using our possessions. I'd like to share with you uh, a very important Example and good example of the joy the Lord has for us when we use what we have to extend His kingdom. Uh, please, Becca, could you show this one picture that I gave to you? Most of these young people belong to the upper middle class in Brazil. Many of them have already traveled to Europe and Asia. North America, and the best touristic place in Brazil. But in our church, uh, we start to promote evangelism and social causes because like 300 or 200 miles away, we had many, many poor, small towns with people in need. And we challenged them to use part of their vacation and not come to Disneyland neither to Europe, but go to serve people we need. And during a time, during one year, they start to tithe and give specific uh, offerings to buy food or medical care for the people of that region. And not just them, but many parents, doctors, nurses, dentists, and people from our church set apart three days. And during 10 days, uh, the teens were there. And in the last three days, the adults, lawyers, doctors, nurses, decided to go and serve the community. We had partnership with the uh, mayor, and they allowed us to go to the schools and give lectures on healthy and education, and also help the needs. Through all of that, always, those fellows fall in the grace of the community. They were open to listen. What motivated us to spend our vacation and going there and giving what they needed? 
and we had the opportunity to show the real reason it was the love of Jesus who gave everything for us, who came from heaven. And I have just one minute video with one folk music common in that area that speaks about God's love. Please, Becca, let's see the area and those fellows serving the Lord. Most of our church youth came to me crying out of joy. After 10 days sleeping on a mattress in a public school, many of them took their first cold shower there and eating the simple food of those people. But at the last day, they came to me crying out of joy, saying, Pastor, thank you so much. It was the best trip of my life. I never felt such joy. You know why? When we use everything that we are and we have to love people, the supernatural peace and joy from the Holy Spirit fills our hearts. Our beloved church here is already doing such an amazing job to our community and also to other people other fellows. But I'm quite sure this is just the beginning of what the Lord has to do through our, our church. There are more. And the Lord wants to use all of us with our resource to reach Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, U.S., and extreme difficult nations in the world. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we praise you. We praise you because one day 
your love was shown to us. And you used simple men, men and women who served you, who decided to invest their time. And now, Lord, here we are as your church, gladly serving you. And we reaffirm that our possessions are not ours, but belongs to you. Give us guidance, wisdom, and faithfulness in tithing, and also helping the need. Help your church to extend the kingdom. Guide all, all of us, Lord, to wisely invest more of our time to serve your people. We want to see all the lost people in this world coming to faith in Jesus Christ through our service and through the good news of the gospel. As we said, Lord, it's not our generals given who will bring, that will bring forgiveness. It's just your blood shed on the cross. But Lord, allow us to share the good news and just go and tell them the great story that will change their lives. This we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.